Previously, on All In or Knocked Out. You know, I, I, I'm probably overall the level of like a Division three college athlete. And he was probably at the level of a high school athlete, you know, a good high school athlete. So I thought there was probably like one athletic level difference. That pissed me off because I think, like, where did he get that from? I don't, I don't think at any point in the negotiation did we just try to quali- quantify who was the better at. I mean, we tried to quantify how athletic we were, but I don't know where he made that up. I was going to play professional soccer. It's a pretty intense sport. And he did track and field. He did like like some sort of running thing. And then he was basically like, like I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from, like people don't talk to me like that. He was like, if you ever talk to me like that again, like I'll find you and beat the shit out of you for free or something. Like, like he was he got mad. Until after I made the bet, I didn't know how many people like actively disliked him. And then I started finding out why, and the reason why is because he's kind of a dick. Like, I need to win because that's the way I'm wired. I, I am, and I know that he is too. And the motivation is that, like, I don't want to lose. I, I don't want to lose uh, in front of people. I don't want to, you know, get knocked out and have that be on YouTube forever. I don't want to let my coaches down and I don't want to lose the money that's for sure you know there would be obviously some advantages to me to be able to like continue to catch up so to speak but I don't know if I have to catch up I, I and that's one of the things that I think that's you know if there's some anxiety that's one of the 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 aspects of the anxiety which is I just don't know you know I don't you know I could get into the cage tomorrow and I could feel ready and, and be as prepared as I am and he could just be really good mm-hmm. I, don't, I just I don't know <laughs> we're gonna we're, I have to, we're gonna find out tomorrow when I'm not with the best coach in the world I'm with the best coaches in Mexico I'm with you know a, a jiu-jitsu world champion almost every day um, when I'm in Seattle I'm doing training sessions alone with the UFC world champion I get to see what that's like I get to learn from them I get to learn the, their concepts their philosophy everything and and I think that's an edge that you know uh, it'll be hard for him to overcome that like I hear that I see the other uh the other podcast about how um, Mighty Mouse was just tearing up JC and that's all they really wanted to do he didn't learn anything out of that trust me <laughs> it's about to take a liver punch I truly think that without that no one has really any idea where the edge would be unless you're like very very like knowledgeable about training all this inside information at the end of the day it's just kind of we're all laymen talking about something that's very technical and that really no one's gonna truly know referee for tonight mr joe slick both fighters come to the center right here All the rules and backwards. Obey my commands at all times. Defend yourselves at all times. Fight clean, fight fair. If you want to touch them up, touch them up now. 
This is All In or Knocked Out. In this series, you'll hear the story of two elite professional poker players stepping into a mixed martial arts cage for the very first time. With only the bare basics in MMA training and experience, they've agreed to fight one another for a quarter million dollars. We'll follow their journey as they face their fears and dedicate everything to the fight. Here's your host, Terrence Chan. Part 6, After the Bell The poker world was abuzz after Olivier Bousquet's 15-minute destruction of J.C. Alvarado. PokerNews.com's live coverage of the fight attracted hundreds of thousands of views, and many more watched live on Periscope through the iPhones of various poker pros. In the days following the fight, the 2 plus 2 poker web forum had a thread on the fight, with over 900 individual posts. The forums and social media were full of the expected discourse. Those who had bet on Olivier or forecasted him winning, came out of the woodwork to brag about their prediction. Obviously, they said, the bigger, more muscular, more hulked-up athlete was going to win easily. They posted pictures of JC's face, smashed under a barrage of Olivier's elbows. Those who had backed JC prior to the fight were either silent, or speculated out loud that Olivier's Adonis-like physique couldn't possibly be natural. But universally, the fight was lauded as a great one. The community had expected what they'd gotten in the past from these type of bets, two complete novices flailing at each other. Instead, they got a surprisingly technical affair, as well as a brutal one. Olivier impressed with his ability to keep up a work rate for 15 minutes, as well as how much technical skill he'd picked up in such a short period of time. JC was praised for his tremendous heart and toughness. I caught up with both men in the 48 hours after the fight. Hey. Hey, how's it going, Olivier? Turn hey, guys. Sorry about that. I literally just walked into my place for the first time just now. I've been really running around. Oh, it's okay. No worries. How was the gym? Good, good. I was, I was even planning on going, and I was walking by, and I was like, I just have really felt like, I don't know, training. Because I didn't talk to you the day of the fight, I want you to take me back to, like, just moments before the fight. Like, take me back to the the minutes or even seconds uh, before the start of the fight. You know, like being in yeah. being in the locker room getting ready to walk out and then walking out even although everything up to like Ali you know announcing your name and, and the ref pulling you center like what what were your nerves like what were your emotions like so you know i i was actually really happy with how i felt for basically the entire time right up until the beginning of the fight i felt very calm um and confident and just like just chill I uh, I think my uh, my MMA coach Tito uh, was really really good about um, not letting anybody distract me, making sure I was focused on the things that actually mattered, and letting everything else go. Um, 
that uh, just instilling confidence in me. Um, my visualizations um, and work with Elliot, I think, also helped. Um, and then just the fact that I felt, you know, I have a lot of competitive experience, whether it's obviously poker um, and or playing sports. Um, I felt like that helped me a lot just kind of relax and know that I had to conserve my energy um, and that I was prepared because I had really put the work in. So all of that stuff made me feel pretty good. Um, and then when we came out, like I started to feel like, okay, wow, you know, like this is fucking happening right now. Um, and so I came out and, you know, I was like walking out and I was like, felt okay. And then I gave hugs to everyone and I was like, holy shit, (laughs) this is like fucking happening right now. But I still felt like fine, but I was just like, wow. I got, you know, the like the, the the stuff inside me, I couldn't control. It started to surge, you know. I was like, whew. Um, and then um, JC, like, he does this, like, warm-up thing where he, he, like, does a con- he, like, does a punch combination and finishes with a kick. Mm-hmm. And he, like, you know, he kind of did it as a way of – I knew – I could tell he was doing it as a way of intimidating me. Like, he kind of came up to me and, like, did it. And I thought to myself, like the like the like I, I have this snapshot in my head where I was like, "Oh shit," you know, <laughs> like he looked pretty good. Yeah, and I was like, I really hope I don't take this kid's shin to my forehead. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no." Olivier and I talked through a lot of the fight, almost minute by minute, from his point of view. His memory of the fight is very clear, and we broke down a lot of the technical aspects of the fight: his connecting of punches on the feet, his ground and pound. His submission defense. I was I was really happy with my ability to just maintain position um, and not overextend myself, not get crazy with strikes, just to kind of try to maintain and control the position, and then slowly but methodically like beat him down. And I felt like there was just very little that he could do uh, to counter that. Once, especially once we got to the to the to the floor. Um, JC mentioned there was a point, I think, and he says he thinks it was a third round, where you know you're 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 punching him, you're elbowing him, and you're actually like start making like noises like 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 come on or, or something like that, like almost uh, you're you're almost like mad that you hadn't gotten rid of him by that point. Was there was there any truth to that? It's actually interesting. I don't really remember that, but now that you mention it. I think that's true. I think that's true. There was a point at which I was like, don't, I, I was kind of thinking like, don't make me keep doing this. Um, and I don't even, I wasn't even really talk. I wasn't talking to him. I didn't expect him to just give up, but I think I was just kind of thinking out loud, which is kind of weird <laughs> in that context. Now that I'm now to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I was just like, he, you know, he's obviously fucking tough. And willing and able to take some real punishment. And I was just like, man, don't make me do this. Um, and I think that was when I was started to include more elbows. And the elbows really uh, opened him up and, and did some real damage. Um, and, you know, and I also thought, though, and I think a number of other people thought, including the owner of the gym and, and, and a few other people that I spoke to, they thought that the referee should have stopped the fight earlier. Um but when you watch it, I mean, he is, you know, still throwing up triangles. 
Mm-hmm. Um, still moving around and somewhat defending himself. It was just, you know, it was just like slow. It was a slow process to like, you know, to, you know, I'm, I'm not like that skilled. Um, and I think there were a number of other people, you know, people who had, who would have had more skill and or, uh, more cardio. Um, especially there were a couple times where they, br- they could have just taken his back and probably executed a rear naked. And I just was like, I'm not going to take that chance. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not that comfortable do trying to do this. And there's no way I'm going to take a chance where all of a sudden he's on top of me and he gets some more confidence and I have to deal with him and gravity. And there's just no fucking way I'm going to do that. Right. So I was just like, no, I'm going to hang on top of him and just like, keep trying to pepper his face with punches and just not let him breathe. Yep. yep. Um, we all, of course, know what happens after that, but you, you go up, you, when you start to go back to your corner at the end of round three, what's going through your head? I was like, I saw his face and I was just like, holy shit. Um, I, but honestly, I was in my mind, I was like, I can do another round of that. Mm-hmm. Like I was super tired, but I just, I was like, just assuming that he was fucking like so close to just done. So I was like, when we, if we, if we come back, um, I was like, I I don't even know what he's going to try to do or how he's going to be. But like, I'm, I'm, I felt like I, you know, I I would be okay um, to, to continue. And then when they, right when the referee, like he like went in and he, he like made his, like the hand motion of like, it's over. I like had this really quick thought of like, do something so that he can't take it back. You know, I was like, <laughs> muck his I was, hand. I was like, no, take backsies. You know, it's over. <laughs> I was like, it's over. It's over. And like, so there were a couple guys, you know, they're facing me. So they're facing away from the ref. So I'm like, I'm like, look, guys, look, 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 it's over. But I was so tired. I was just so like relieved. Um, I, yeah, I was just like, oh man, thank God. Can, can my, my, I was on the opposite side. Uh, my girlfriend was capturing audio. He was he was in your corner. She describes it to me. She says, when the fight got called, you just kind of sat there and you were in a daze and you, you, you basically didn't react at all, which is different from what you're telling me. Um, and it was actually somebody from your corner that like actually said, was like, you know, stand up, you won, raise your hands. Do you, do you, do you have any memory of that? Yeah, I do. I do. When I when I was describing my reaction, uh, she's right. Like I'm more describing what was going on inside my head. I see. Um, yeah. Um, I yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't really react. Um, but at the same time, like if you if you watch any videos of me winning like a poker tournament, it's actually yeah. pretty similar. I'm not much of a celebrator. Um, I was also extremely tired. Uh, but I'm not much of a celebrator, especially in this type of competition when it's like your happiness is almost equated by someone else's like disappointment. Um, I, 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 I was, I really felt something for him to be honest, um, both physically and just the way the fight went down. Like if the fight had been like one round where like I do some damage and then like I, uh, maybe like I get, you know, maybe like I get where one of the punches from stand up, like clips him a little bit cleaner on the chin and he just like loses consciousness. They call it, and he comes back like thirty seconds later, and he's okay. That would have been, you know, that's a very different way to win the fight. But this was just like a systematic, like methodical, like brutal kind of way to 
to to win and, and for him to lose. Um, well, how about you? Did you take any like physical damage, or, or how is how is your body right now? Um, I mean, you know, I I have like like a a little cut and like little tiny bit of puffiness on my on the right side of my head on the in the third round he got me with an elbow mm-hmm. um like little bruises on my on like the right side of my face but nothing much my shin is actually pretty bruised mm-hmm. uh and in a decent amount of pain he he got my shin with those kicks a few times right. um yeah yeah he threw a lot of those yeah and besides that i mean i'm i feel fine of course when i spoke with jc things were a little different His face was a swollen, puffy mess. Broken nose, swollen eyes. During the time I sat with him, you could hear him laboring to breathe through his nose. It wasn't Um, like one strike and like, oh shit, my nose is broken. You were just like... No, yeah, I felt felt it break. And I remember, like, my mind was just... I was, you know, I wanted to be a, like... I, I remember tasting my blood and being like, like, yes... Like you know, it it like thinking to myself, it tastes good. I uh, I could do this all day. I I just kept thinking that like I could eat these shots all day. I could do this all day, but I'd feel like multiple shots in the nose, and I'd feel it like break. When did that feeling change from like I could do this all day to oh shit, like this isn't going that well? Um, late in the third. Yeah, late in the third, it was when. Like at all, at all times, I felt like my submission attempts could be like the equivalent of you know a, a knockout punch. Like, right. I, like I felt like yeah, I was getting dominated and pounded out, but that was something I came in expecting. I didn't expect it to happen for three rounds to last for three rounds, but I knew that I that I needed. I knew that. Most of the time when I won the fight, I'd be the one that got beat up. I never thought, you know, it's it's over. I never thought that. I, I thought I could keep going and until the end of the third when we finally went to the corner. And uh, I don't know. My coach might have thrown in the towel, might have not. But I actually regret not going into the fourth. I asked Olivier about this moment as well. Um, JC actually said he really wanted a fourth round. He was very disappointed, uh, even though, I guess, intellectually he's aware that he got beat up for the third. He did feel, you know, he just felt like, give me one more chance, um, you know. That's ridiculous. To do one crazy thing or something like that. I mean, I, that that's ridiculous in my view. I mean, he he had no chance. But do you understand that? point of view like i mean it's hard to put yourself in the situation as a victor do you do you sort of understand that i guess i understand never wanting to give up i understand always wanting a chance like the fact is that like if he can get on his feet um he thinks that there's something can happen but i also think like the truth is um and i i say this honestly genuinely with all due respect I think he really made some genuine miscalculations in this process. And I don't exactly know like why um, or what the situation was, but like the idea that if we came back to a fourth round, that he would have had 
any sort of like that the trade off of the chance that he had to win compared to the even more damage that could have been caused is pretty in my view pretty silly like his face like was at a point where if i get back on top of him and he can't really defend himself and i and i connect really cleanly with a few more shots like that could be bad you know he i think his nose was broken i i don't know if it, an orbital bone was broken but like if i could really shatter some shit mm-hmm. in his face if he like you know if 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 I have gravity and an elbow or a, a really clean punch and, and I get through or he's too tired to really defend himself well, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, like, that's, that's – I just think that's a little bit of uh, disillusion, disillusionment. For his part, JC admits it wasn't looking good. Late in the third, this I do remember, was when, like, I got smashed with something and I, like, saw the lights up above me just – like you know shine super super bright into my eyes and i just couldn't see anything and i couldn't breathe because i was swallowing my own blood the whole time um so at that point it was just pure i i think i turtled i went into turtle position yeah and i rolled i rolled into like a triangle yeah you yeah yeah um and it's funny because it the only really hard, tough sparring session that I had, the whole camp, like, and it's all of the sparring sessions were were intense in the sense that I'd get tired and whatnot. But only one time when none of my coaches were around, and you know, I was in Mexico City, and I went to Juan Pugue's gym, and he's a UFC fighter. Well, he was a UFC fighter that trains out of AKA and AKA is known for these guys that, you know, spar at a hundred percent basically. And I went with this guy that was like super strong. He, he was going to be on, he was going to go compete on tough, uh, Latin America. And he's been training for, you know, seven, eight years. He was super strong, smaller than me, way more experienced. And, uh, and he was beating me up pretty bad. And I rolled the same turtle position, rolled into a triangle and tapped him. And uh, and in my mind, that was going to be like, when, when I was like, I couldn't see, I couldn't breathe. I was choking on my own blood. Um, and I heard him, I heard Olivier say something like, come on. Like, I felt like he was getting frustrated that he couldn't put me away. For JC's part, the struggles with the mental game began in the weeks before the fight. You might recall from part three that JC injured his ankle about five weeks before the fight, and then seemed to hurt it again on the Monday before the fight, kicking pads. Two weeks before the fight, he got a stomach virus in Mexico and ended up losing all the weight he had gained on his weight-gaining protocol. Both of these things weighed on his mind before the fight. I lost, like, I want to say eight pounds. When was this? Because I talked to you on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, I lost, like, I, I weighed, the day, the morning of the weigh-ins, I was 162. I was weighing 170 before that. Mm. And I had, to, like, I had to eat, like, I even remember uh, Mercier put up lines 
Yeah. Like you, I was offering plus 115, and I hit him up right away. I, was, I wanted more action. Again, the Jason that JC is referring to is high-stakes poker player Jason Mercier, who is looking to bet on Olivier, and even willing to lay 1.15 to 1 odds to do it. Because I was like, oh, plus 115, I'll get... Not that much more, but like I wanted like yeah. an extra 10,000 just to make it yeah. you know, better. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next day, he's like, hey, what's up? And I obviously don't want to tell him anything. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm going to wait till a little bit. And then on the day of the weigh-ins, he's like, like you know, you still want the action? I'm like, and I, I just lied to him. I was like, I want to make sure that I make weight. Because I thought if anything, he'd go, <laughs> yeah. he'd go and tell Olivier. So I like got, I, I ate a bunch and gained my three pounds, like less than So three you pounds. gained weight so that you would come in at the limit? So that it wouldn't seem like, like I didn't yeah. want to psychologically I didn't want him to be like oh he's right. like even smaller than I thought he was right so I I took a Pedialyte and I and I went in and I weighed in like with a full stomach like even yeah. I had a pee real bad and I just wouldn't pee because I didn't want to like lose <laughs> an extra pound or whatever it's the first time I've heard of that yeah yeah that's insane right like it just doesn't happen but JC didn't want Olivier or anyone else to know that he only really weighed 162 pounds. He ballooned himself full of water so that he would be 165 on the dot, his contracted weight to Olivier's 187.5. I don't think that it's mentally... that it helped me mentally. No matter how many mental exercises I did, I don't think it helped me mentally to, to like... To know that I was sick the whole time, you know, like the whole time I'd be complaining. And my coaches are like the type of coaches that are like, like Dan is a college wrestler and his whole thing is like, like, you know, you're hurt or you're injured. If you're hurt, you've got to get right. there. And like, you know, he's like a tough guy, like in that sense. And he, he has that mentality and he really pulls it off. Like he can run an Ironman without really training for it, just on pure me mental strength alone. Yeah. But it's tough for them to separate that and realizing that I'm a guy that, like, has literally never been in there and, and taking on, like, a big fight. And then the, at the end, you know, I had that fighter mentality, which clouded my view, my ability to, to be objective. I I couldn't, you know, fight weak. I can't be... I, I can't decide these things. I can't, like... Yeah. Um, I'll, like, I'm thinking, you know, don't be a coward type stuff. Get in there and fight. Uh, I'm thinking things like, what are people going to say if I back out the week of the fight or the day of the fight or the day before the fight right. or whatever? What are people going to say? I'm thinking that stuff, which is ultimately irrelevant right because like, who gives a shit what they say but again all those f things were factors that really hit hit me on Monday and then the reality is that I didn't that I went in and fought and I didn't do what I was supposed to do like mentally I like I had a mental block at the same time so who knows if I would have had that mental block um, right. if if I was healthy or not. But I know that I probably wouldn't have had the mental block 
if things ran really smoothly the day before and the day and the day of the fight like the locker room was a mess people were coming in and peeing you know like from the crowd Mm -hmm. and that shouldn't bother me but like then i had like other people come in that weren't in my camp like giving me advice and helping me like warm up and train which was nice of them they were like were well intentioned and they were giving right, me advice right, yeah. but it's not what i needed at the yeah. time does you know you talk about all these like little things that just rattle you slightly um do you think they bothered him at all or i'm sure they did yeah i'm sure he had i'm sure i'm like i mean I'll, I'll be interested in hearing what he says in this documentary but like there's just no way he was as you know in bad of shape as i was right like the week of the fight you know right um i th- i gotta imagine i was like bad like imagine you know having a flu and a stomach flu and like right you right. know um and I'm sure he dealt with a bunch of stuff as well, you know? Um, I'm sure he did. After the break, we'll continue our conversation with both men and what this means going forward. And oh yeah, the pesky matter of a $270,000 swing. Hi, it's Terrence here. Just a quick reminder that All In or Knocked Out is an independent and commercial-free audio documentary. We've worked hard to provide something that we hope has added a little bit of value to your life. If you've enjoyed All Inner Knocked Out and you'd like to support independent audio production, please visit allinterknockedout.com and consider making a donation. Even if you're unable to contribute financially, you can still help us out by telling a few friends about the program or sharing it on social media. Thanks again for supporting quality, independent audio programming. Now, back to the show. You said to me in our in our first interview that one of your goals, win or lose, uh, was that you wanted to be very much present and in the moment in this fight, and not have it be a a blur that you know passed before you. And, and do you think you you accomplished that? Oh yeah, I mean I remember almost every single aspect of the of that process of the day, um, of the fight itself. I remember so much, and. I, I even even when I was coming out, I, I, I remembered myself saying I want to value this situation and like even smile and like I, I kind of had a, like a small smile on, but it was one that I like had for myself. Like I was like, this is cool. Like this is this is real life. You know what I mean? This is like a real experience. Yeah. Um, and that's been something that I've wanted for a while. For like since I can remember, I've wanted to have like real life experiences maybe it's just like another way of describing thrill seeking um but i just was like you know i want i don't i want to be able to live a life where i have moments that are outside of the mundane every day um things that i'll you know take away with me and never forget and um and really feel like i've really lived a life um, and this was one of them. And, you know, right after emotionally, I had this kind of mix of positive and negative emotions. I was obviously, I think relief was the biggest emotion of all. Um, I was also, uh, felt, you know, this sense of pride and, and achievement. Um, I felt this sense of, 
support and love from people who were who had helped me and who were there with me. Um, and then I got a ton of like just messages and comments and this that was like really amazing um, and overwhelming. Um, but I also had some negative emotions, and I think one of them was a relatively natural letdown in the sense that you know you build up. Uh, you train, you prepare, and then the thing that you always that you're like gearing towards and aiming for, you get, and it's just never this quite the same as you imagined. Your expectations are a little out of whack, and um, it's just you know it's it's just not not exactly what you envisioned. Um, and then I also think there's this natural kind of chemical thing or whatever. My adrenaline and endorphins are are, are, are leaving my body, and then I, I genuinely felt for him. I, I I felt uncomfortable with the brutality of the whole situation. Um, and, uh, and I felt, um, I just felt for him and, and, and the frustration and disappointment he, that he was likely, um, experiencing. So all of those things were kind of in my immediate reaction, but in the couple of days since the negative aspects of that emotional mix, um, have, uh, lessened and the positive aspects have increased, which I was kind of surprised by in a really, um, like pleasant way. Um, I actually had this surge of desire yesterday to train uh to train more and train hard and even to fight again which i was shocked by i was like i can't believe i really want to fight again (laughs) that's crazy i don't know if that's going to last or if i would ever do anything about that desire but i was very surprised to feel that way i underestimated two things i think and one it's funny like I underestimated his ability to go three rounds. I don't think he would. Or four for that matter. And really, I wish I would have gone at the fourth round. Like, I really do wish that. Like, because I don't know what he... Like, he seemed pretty dead tired. But at the same time, he probably would have been able to just explode for that one shot and got me down because I, I could barely see. Anyway, um... I underestimated the, how far, how deep he could go in the fight. And oddly enough, I underestimated how deep I could go into a fight where I was getting beat up like that. Like, like I overestimated maybe my mind. I overestimated the potential getting frozen in there because it happened and I I thought like it might not happen as bad but I really didn't think that I could take that you know it's like that I could dig deep and that I could be there receiving shots and be like fucking bring it you know like I I didn't think I had that in me so in that way I'm proud of myself and you know I was telling uh <laughs> Shit, I've I've like wanted to cry like every thirty minutes for the past like twenty four hours. Um it's just like emotional, like going through everything. But um I was telling my coaches how like I felt like uh remember I told the story here about getting beat up in my first year of high school yeah. against the guy that was like older than me. Yeah. Um when I was when I was uh when I finished that fight, like no one walked up to that guy and was like, "Dude, you're the man," you know, you fucked that little guy up. 
and everyone walked up to me and was like, you have balls, man. Like, you, you, you swung at the guy and, and hit him first and you have balls that no one ever fucked with me in, in school again after that. And I felt like similar. I When I started reading Twitter and started getting like this flood of text messages, um, it wasn't people for the most part, you know, there's a, a couple or, or two like assholes who would never step in the, sure. in, yeah, in yeah. the cage saying, you know, what they would think they would do in my situation but for the most part it was just people being like dude you know you have a lot of heart and so it felt good people that you know uh scott when i came in here scott let, read me a message from nick shulman i don't know nick shulman and it was just like tell j like please get this through to jc and it's like i like i got really emotional and it was just you know basically what he said is like i don't know much about mma but i know about combat sports i know a lot about boxing and like no one would take this fight <laughs> you know no one would take a fight against like such a like in his position against a guy that's like that much bigger there's a reason why weight classes exist and and uh and in that sense i guess i feel proud i was very scared that i would break or quit or or you know not be man enough or whatever you want to call it to 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 handle that if that if it came to that i was worried about handling three minutes you know like i thought he'd gas in three minutes mm -hmm. and i was worried about like whether or not i could write that out and i wrote out 15 so Unfortunately, due to like all the everything, every single factor between, you know, what I talked about and getting frozen up and all that, like, I just couldn't execute. I couldn't do it. I feel almost embarrassed for my coaches, like myself on behalf of my coaches. Like, you know, if they told me what to do and I didn't do it and I feel bad about that, you know, at the same time. In my lengthy post-fight conversations with both men, we talked about every conceivable emotion in the moments leading up to, during, and after the fight. There's one thing that neither man ever brought up, money. Which is amazing, because as you'll recall, this is a fight that would mean a $270,000 swing in fortune for both men. Um, financially, what does this loss mean for you? It hurts. Yeah. Um, uh, not... It's not gonna kill me, you know. It's a hassle, but um, like whatever. I just so do like, you just go and try to play a fuck ton of poker now? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really f try to use this energy and uh, like becoming the best at poker. And I think I learned so much from the experience, and I, and I knew that I would, and that's like the reason I did it. Um, you know, even. When I fought Robo, I, be, I became a way better poker player. I mean, when I trained to fight Robo, I became a way better poker player. <laughs> when I actually did this, you know, luckily I didn't have any bleeding in the brain or anything. So right. I think I'll be fine to to think and, uh, 
and I'll be able to play some poker. And I really think I'll like I've changed my ways in a lot, and I've grown, and I, and you know, who knows? Sometimes maybe you slip back into like a few months fade, and you go back to what you were like before. But but um, it's like I was telling Dan, like my. I'm not going to get a rematch. What do you mean, like, he's not uh, going to give you one? Or you I'm don't? not going to, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not, not going to do a rematch. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to think about, right? Like, yeah, as yeah. a fighter and also as a gambler, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was telling Dan that I won't get my rematch, but the only way I could like avenge this loss now I feel is like getting really fucking good at fighting. Like even if I don't ever fight again, just like getting my black belt and getting my like that's my that's my way to avenge this loss. Is you know. So later you want on. that now? You want it's like really it's good. like when I got my ass kicked in that fight in high school. Mm. What happened was that. I lived with that until I got good at fighting or like decent at, like I tr started training martial arts right so now that I got my ass kicked now I, I, won't, I also won't get a rematch but like I know I could kick I could beat the shit out of the guy that beat the shit out of me in high school right right, right now if we if we were to get locked in a cage suddenly and I just guess like hopefully in five years I could be like well I could certainly beat Liv's ass now, <laughs> you know, um, that'll sort of, you know, if I get to the, to the black belt level of, of the jujitsu sport, at least I'll, right. I'll be able to sleep at night comfortably. Um, and I think the same applies to poker, like with the financial aspect of it. Like I took the loss and I won't get the rematch. I won't do the rematch, but, but. Like Juan Pugh said to my coach Janico when he lost at one FC, if you if you get more wins out of this loss, you ended up winning the fight. You know, and like just make sure you get more wins out of this loss, and uh, and I feel like I hopefully will in poker and just in life in general. Yeah, I think so, and I think yeah, I think you're gonna. I think you'll fight again. That's my, my personal prediction that has no bearing on anything. Yesterday at the hospital, the, the nurse comes up and she's like, I'm going to give you a shot. And I'm like, does it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> and she just stares at me. And she goes like, are you serious? <laughs> I was still super afraid of needles. As I mentioned earlier, on the day after the fight, there were a lot of I told you so's. I told you Olivier was too big, too strong, too athletic for JC. It's a fight, after all, and size makes a huge difference in a fight. Isn't that why we have weight classes? This narrative has always bothered me. It's oversimplified. It's true that size and strength matters in a fight. But mostly, it matters when the skill levels are reasonably close. If fighting skill were on a 10-point scale, a big and strong fighter who's a 3 out of 10 on skill is not going to beat a smaller fighter who's a 9 out of 10 but he might beat a 4, a 5, or a 6. 
This is part of the allure when fighters jump weight classes in sports like boxing and mixed martial arts. When a middleweight like, say, Roy Jones Jr. wins the heavyweight championship of the world, or 148-pound Manny Pacquiao batters 165-pound Antonio Margarito, people love the story of David slaying Goliath. But when a welterweight Nate Diaz chokes out the featherweight champion in Conor McGregor, everyone is quick to say that size is too much to overcome in combat sports. The truth is that neither skill nor size alone wins a fight, but rather a combination of both. Would Olivier have been able to beat up a world champion who happened to be JC's size? Not a chance. Would JC have been able to beat up a 187-pound bodybuilder who had never taken nor thrown a punch? Almost certainly. To me, saying that Olivier beat JC on size alone is a discredit to both men and how hard they worked in the six months leading up to this fight. Olivier, as usual, summarizes the situation eloquently. The thing I, I thought of was that people really, you know, you mentioned how people don't really know what they're talking about, especially the people who've, you know, not done something like this or, or they're not experts in a particular field. Um, and they always, to me, it felt like you were getting shortchanged because, you know, you won decisively and people still kind of say like, oh, look at this big guy beating up a small guy, big deal. Like, obviously he was always going to win. Like, obviously 25 pounds is too much of a difference to overcome. And yet that's people like their narratives to be very simple and and clearly like oh a big guy will beat a small guy but that's clearly not Cruz. if you were in there fighting dominic cruz i don't think you would have won <laughs> you know if, if, <laughs> i mean i'm just gonna go and put that out there and I, you know, I wouldn't have beat any of the kids i trained with yeah like you know so there's there's clearly guys that are jc's size that you would not have beat it turns out jc couldn't beat you and i think that's all that that really says about fights of this nature is that this guy couldn't beat this guy or this guy beat this guy handily. Um, that's like a this that's like the sentiment that I've been trying to figure out how to say in 140 characters for like the last 36 hours, and then I just gave up because I was just like the world is full of idiots and they don't believe me anyway. Just to be clear, because I just want to be clear about some things. Anybody who thought that this outcome was obvious that I was just too big and it was unfair matchup. Anybody who thought that could have made an enormous amount of money because there was like infinite money to be made at, 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 at an even line here. So like, I, you know, let's, let's, let's be a little bit more honest about what the general perception was of like, what was it going to happen right up until the fight actually started? Like even you, like you said in your fight recap that during the warmups you had you had become much more confident in one fighter than the other. Was that person me? No, it was JC because he That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, I, you I like, didn't and, you know, I didn't see you guys on the ground. That was the, the only thing and I was like but but what I thought was like you know, JC's going to have a big advantage on the feed. And yeah, he moved well and I am I I am I've always struggled with being loose and um, and my mobility on my feet. No, no doubt about that. That was the weakest part of my game for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, the truth is though, he didn't throw, I don't think he threw a single punch the entire fight. Yep. But I, I think, you know, I, I think you're, I think you're, you're exactly right, especially when you say that people's narratives are simple because it's, you know, it's, it's tempting to go both ways, right? It's tempting to say, Obviously, it was just the size, and then it's tempting to kind of over-adjust to that reaction and be like, you know, obviously not, like, 
the whole the whole point of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is that a smaller guy can beat a larger guy. That's like the whole idea behind it. That was the whole idea of the fight itself. And like people are seem to be discounting that I had zero training coming in, and he had had actually some a decent amount of training. Right. I was thinking like if JC had won. It was that all every post would just say, well, obviously the guy who's been training for X years was going to win the big, beat, beat the big strong guy who'd never trained before. It 100%. was so obvious we should have pounded JC, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I just think so, so the sense, so, so it's like easy to kind of go one way or the other, but the truth as it normally does lies somewhere in the middle. The truth is that JC did probably give up a, like a decent amount too much weight. My weight and my strength was an important factor. There's no doubt about that. But it just wasn't like the only factor. I trained extremely hard. And the truth is I actually felt like I had a real game plan that I executed relatively well. Um, I, I, I learned enough Brazilian jiu-jitsu to uh, maximize my advantages. And um, I think my mindset was one where I was able to overcome the moment itself and just like do what I needed to do. Like I totally understand the idea that like he might have been a little bit overwhelmed and intimidated by the moment, especially because he's the smaller guy. But part of the bet was whether or not I like one of us would freeze in there. Yeah. And I froze in there and really like I don't know how candid I want to be about my coaches and you know the sort of approach we had once you know when Matt was out of the picture um, but I think there's a lot of things we could have done differently like like I guess I never did a good job reminding them that I'm not a professional fighter and I need and I didn't communicate to them exactly what it is I thought I I needed and in hindsight I don't I didn't know what I needed but I definitely needed something more than than what we did like we never had we talked about having like a like a a session where we'd sit down and go over like how they're going to corner me and what I want them to say and stuff and that never happened mm -hmm. because I think like honestly they were both like distracted and on my end I was thinking about like my mind was somewhere else I wasn't in the, I wasn't able to like make decisions about at that point about you know how I wanted to approach this strategically and things like that uh, or like you know we should sit down and make sure that the corner instruction goes well and that everything goes smoothly and when we got there when we got to the corner like I think that's the thing that I lacked the most yeah. um, I don't want to blame it on my coaches because they have nothing to do with it like we practiced I mean I was the one in there that like couldn't let shots go and they did say things to me but like the things they said wasn't particularly what I needed. Whether it was the ankle injury, the stomach flu, the coaching, 
If it sounds like JC is trying to make excuses, he wants to make it clear, very clear, that he's not. He mentions multiple times to me that he's the one who didn't pull the trigger, he's the one who didn't let his punches go, and that he's the one who made the decision to fight at less than 100%. I heard, I heard something. Some would say, like, you get, you get two decisions. You fight or you don't fight. And those are the only two decisions you make. And if you choose to fight, then you have nothing to say. You chose to fight. You have nothing to bring up. You have uh, nothing to, to, you know, go back and say, well, I maybe shouldn't have done this right. or, or I wasn't at 100%. Like, no one's at 100% when they're taking a fight. Sure. But things went way downhill. But I, I, wanted, I wanted to... And that's why I haven't said anything on Twitter. I haven't said anything in okay. like in any of these things because I don't want to take anything away from Olivia, what Olivier did. Like the, the fact is, he went out there and he performed, and you know he took advantage of what was what he negotiated in the fight. I think there's always a level of cognitive dissonance for a losing fighter. If only that hadn't happened. If only I'd done this. It's a protective mechanism. Olivier and JC have both been successful poker players for almost their entire adult lives. You can't achieve that longevity as a poker pro without being honest with yourself. But they're both still human. Even after the beating he took, 24 hours later, a big part of JC still wants more. Mm -hmm. The fact is that I fought a bigger guy, and that mattered mm -hmm. a lot. Um, but you always thought you could overcome that, or did you not? I I still think I could. Like, you know how I said I wouldn't do a rematch? Yeah. Like, all day to day. I'm, like, I wouldn't put my family through this or my friends through this. My friends were, like, dying. I don't think I'd put them through this again. But, like, the, you know, the fighter in me oh, I know. is like, fuck, I want this back. I know I could do it. I know that this isn't truly representative of what I was capable of. Yeah, so I was actually thinking about, I knew you were going to ask me this question. I was thinking about it. Um, I think, you know, so what I remember saying was that I wanted it to be a fight in which the the outcome was rarely in question, um, but that was also relatively uh, fast. Um, and I don't know if I use the word easy, but like, you know, uh, straightforward. So I think in one regard it was. I don't think the outcome was very often in question. But at the same time, this was a war. It was a war that I dominated, but it was still a war. He was incredibly tough um, and, you know, really survived um, and lasted in, a, in an impressive way. And uh, I think my cardio uh, probably could have been a little bit better. And I think, you know, there are a couple reasons for that. I think one reason is just because, you know, I hurt my nose. Uh, I got kneed in the face about three weeks before the fight. And so for the next two weeks, I, I didn't really do much sparring. And that was a time where I was likely to do uh, the majority of my sparring. And I think from a technical point of view, um, it didn't make that much of a difference. But I did think it made a cardio difference. Also, like, you know, 
people talk about the weight advantage, and obviously the weight advantage was significant, especially considering my muscle-to-fat ratio was even better than his. So my muscle mass difference was probably 25 or 30 pounds, which is really a lot. Um, but the truth is, if I were to fight seriously, I would fight at a much lower weight. I'd probably be a welterweight and fight 170. Yeah. So the I was actually kind of, in a way, locked into my weight which was not the ideal weight for me. So I was trying to make 187.5 work for me in the best way that I could. Um, uh, if I could, you know, if, 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 you know, so I think if I was six or seven pounds lighter and then did like a, you know, eight or 10 pound water cut, um, I would be, my cardio would be better. I would be more agile and, and faster. Um, and I would just be more, it would just be a better way for me to fight. So I was trying to make my body into the best it could be at that weight, even though I don't think it was ideal, but it was what I negotiated, so I was locked in that way. And that was a mistake for me from my negotiation point of view because I could have easily gotten the same weight difference at a lower weight. I was just like, I don't really, you know, I was about 185 at the time that I made the bet, and I was like, I don't really want to lose weight for this bet. Yeah, you so, mentioned you know, that to me in the first right. one. Yeah. And, and, and that's just a mistake. That's just because I didn't realize you know, how, you know, just how, what fighters like really look like, what their bodies, what the ideal body is. Um, and just like what my ideal weight would be. I just didn't know anything, any of that stuff. I should have been like, let's, let's fight at 175 to 150 to five or something like that. And he was already at that weight. So he, I'm sure he would have agreed to that. not surprising that in defeat, JC talks a lot about what could have gone better and what should have been done instead. But even Olivier, as the winner, took lessons from this fight. Professional poker players are always looking at how they could have done a little bit better, gained just a little bit more of an edge. And it's the same for all martial artists. It's what makes a great competitor in every discipline. The growth mindset. No matter how well you did, no matter how dominant you were, there's always something you could have done better. The mark of a martial artist is how honest he can look at that something. On at least that point, it's hard to look at both Olivier Bousquet and JC Alvarado and see anything but winners. Winner Knockout is written and hosted by me, Terence Chan. Audio is produced by Ross Henry. Assistance has been provided by Robin McDonald. The music for All Winner Knockout is by Murphy Chop. You can check out more of his work on SoundCloud. For more information about this series, please visit allinnerknockedout.com. And if you've enjoyed this series, please consider making a donation to support our creative efforts. We'd love to hear what you think of All Winner Knockout, and you can reach us on Twitter at tchanpoker and at pokercastross. By the way, if you want to check out the fight, you can do so online at allinternocktout.com forward slash part five and check it out there. That's P-A-R-T number five. Next time on the finale of All Inner Knocked Out, we once again talk to both fighters months after the fact. Olivier and JC reflect soberly on how the fight changed them both personally and professionally and for the rest of their lives.